Thanks for joining us. I'm Alan Burke, a landscape architect here in the Puget Sound region, and you are listening to the Green Meridian Podcast. To the Green Meridian podcast. We're uh, putting together our latest episode here. We're titling Books on Your Shelf, and it is a compilation of things we're reading. We are here today with my co conspirator, Bill Peregrine, and our special guest so far. We've got Dwayne Drawn. A lot of you folks have seen his work up in the Chicago area. Fantastic renderings and all kinds of outdoor design build. And a new designer, Patricia Griffith, who's here from Whidbey Island visiting and uh, getting started as a, sounds like a mid-career change for you there, Patricia. Is that right? Pretty much, yeah. Good. Uh, so we're talking about books. And I guess uh, I'll just bang out the first little story. And that is that when I was a uh, nursery manager in Florida back uh, in the uh, protozoan era, uh, working in a retail nursery, 1979, uh, I had a, one of those epiphany moments that uh, happened to you just a few times in life. And it was a, a visit from a landscape architect who came up the stairs of my little nursery and uh, opened up a portfolio. And she said, uh, I'm a landscape architect, and this is what I do. If you ever need somebody like this, uh, uh, please feel free to consult with me. This is in Tampa, Florida. And uh, it was like when she opened that book up, it was like a light came out from inside. And I said to myself, oh, my God, there's a profession where people do this thing I've been kind of doing in my own half-assed way over the last number of months. Uh, I need to learn how to do this. So the first thing I did was I went out and I bought this giant tome that I still have. It's called Exotica. And it's this giant book of tropical plants, black and white, with pictures from uh, 1916 of uh, plant explorers in South America and all the different palm trees. It's so antiquated now, but it's a precious thing of mine because I thought this is the thing that I need to get me going on my career. Uh, and it became a, uh, basically, basically a paperweight on my shelf over the years. But it's a fascinating book filled with black and white pictures and all these uh, people tramping through the jungle. Uh, that's just uh, still something that I find quite endearing. And so I've gone through a lot of books, uh, although I don't have a library like many of us that uh, that are fascinated by this that's big enough for me. I'm tending toward mysteries and thrillers, actually, because the last thing I want to do at the end of the day is read about plant material. But I think it is important that um, we put together a library, at least of some of the basic books that uh, we, we really like. So that's uh, that's my little blurb on how I got started with gardening books. It's awesome. Awesome, Alan. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna start off with uh, probably uh, the book I'm researching the most uh, right now, which I actually find quite fascinating. Um, it's uh, and I have it's in print because uh, I uh, uh, like Dwayne was mentioning earlier uh, before we started this. Uh, I too listen to most of my books on Audible. So I have a boatload, but this one's called Joyful. Uh, Joyful is uh, all about how to create joy in your life. The cool thing is 
what she has done, which I've actually printed out, is she's broken uh, the joyful experience down into uh, subsections, into charts. And I'm going to read you the headings of the charts real quickly so you get the idea what's going on here. Um, the first heading is energy. And then there's abundance and magic, celebration, renewal, surprise, and oh, transcendence, freedom, harmony, and play. Then she goes into describing down the side all the things that go along with that. So if I just take one of these, and I'll talk about energy. She says, look and feel. Vibrant, colorful, warm, right. Uh, signature, signature elements, saturated colors, uh, neon and fluorescent pigments, yellow, sunlight, vibrant. Uh, decor and ambience, architectural features, fashion, places, activities. Things to avoid. If you're going to do energy in your landscape, you're going to avoid uh, the grays and the beiges and the other dull hues, uh, dim and flat lighting, uh, which actually show up in some of the other areas of the abundance so, uh, or of the uh, joyful book. So this is uh, from a designer's position. Uh, as I'm looking for new inspiration and ways to actually uh, express myself in the landscape, this is actually a really informative book. So I'm putting this one at the top of my list, joyful. And your in your in the connotation of that is that uh, that if you embrace that kind of uh, thinking, you are imbuing your garden designs with a with a happier element or a more joyful element, and that's your more like a focus. Thank you, Alan. Actually, the book is about how to create joy in your life, uh, and so um, uh, so yeah. So from a designer's position, uh, we could look at we could say, oh, how do we create harmony? within the garden structure. You know, we want to create a, a, a garden that's very har harmonious, or we want to create a garden that's very playful. You know, we want to have a playful garden. We want to create something that's very interesting. So, and she actually lists out everything that makes a playful, um, a joyful experience. Uh, and then as a designer, I kind of interpret, you know, all that information mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, and express that in the, in the designs that I'm doing, so. Yeah, it's a fascinating book. That's it's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, Dwayne, what's on the uh, drawn uh, bed stand these days? You know, um, listening to you guys made me realize that I don't think I read enough books that pertain to our industry. From what you said, Alan, that sort of really hit me like um like a dumbbell just just now. I mean, um, one of the issues I had about maybe four or five years ago in business, I was always struggling financially. I mean, just trying to get the business running. And one of my friend's partners said, how many books have you read on business financing? And I basically used the F U word and hung up on him on the phone and not in a bad way, but it was like, whoa, the light bulb kicked off and I like hung up on him. And then I just started reading a whole bunch of books on, you know, I mean, how to operate a business, how to financially get it under control. And then, okay, obviously I learned, but now it just hit me like, okay, this whole outdoor living design thing. I've learned from magazines, you I mean, looking looking at stuff, but have I really sat down like Bill has and read a book about the environment and the space and things like that? No. So currently I'm reading Think and Grow Rich all over again. I'm reading- um, I missed that uh, title. What was that? What was that one? I missed that. Think and Grow Rich. Think oh, and Grow yeah. Rich. By Napoleon hey, Hill. I'm reading the FAA- <laughs> manual for because I'm studying for my check ride and I'm reading that more than anything so if you ask me what 
you mean law 91205 means that I'll break it down for you because I'm studying the laws of what it takes to be to get the pilot's license. So I'm but I know that wherever you want to go in life, you have to be reading something, learning something, watching something, listening to something. You got to constantly be educating yourself because we just don't know it all. And the faster you get with somebody, it's sort of a reason why I said, oh, today I'm off. Let me hang out with the guys who are in my industry because there's probably a nugget that I'm going to pick up something from this meeting. So did you, did you have uh, professional training? I mean, how did, did you, did you have books at that time when you were, when you were starting out and coming up to learn the trade or how did you go about that? We'll see. This is like a, this is a, um, a podcast. So people are going to hear the truth. Um, I had nothing. I, um, I didn't go to any schools for landscape architecture, design, completely nothing. I took a course in high school that we drew lines and we drew like the basics of a house and we drew nuts and bolts. Um, over the years of being in this industry, the way I learned is I looked at you guys, looked at everybody else, and I studied the architecture and the prints on Google's. I have a whole folder, Google, I can even share it with you guys if you want to see it. But I have a Google, not a Google, but a Dropbox folder, and it's probably thousands and thousands and thousands of photos, and it even has blueprints. So I studied the markings on blueprints to learn how to draw them in my own stuff. And I, I had to learn. I didn't even go to school for CAD. I learned how to do it myself. You know, all I got to say, dude, is you must be some kind of savant because uh, for those that haven't checked it out, uh, go to vizxdesign.com and see uh, Dwayne and the, the work of his team. Uh, they're in, uh, you're in Naperville, Illinois. Yeah, we're based on uh, Naperville. Doing all kinds of great high end and, uh, uh, and, you know, uh, what looked like sometimes uh, uh, moderately affordable, uh, uh, unbelievably beautiful outdoor designs. And they're all uh, CAD drawn, 3D modeled, and, uh, and he's also integrated himself with a team of uh, uh, builders that uh, know their stuff and post their own thing. So it's kind of a whole uh, new kind of learning environment that you built over there yeah. thanks alan what it is is it's not really high end what we tell people we just want to make a transformation and so we're a transformation company not a transactional company so like i like i just posted one recently it was a concrete patio but the design of it was just unbelievable i mean it even blew us out of the water like we could make a concrete patio look so well you know right it looks to me like what you're really focused on, though, is, is you're focused on the outdoor room. Isn't that what it is? Creating outdoor rooms for people. Yeah. Kitchen, dining, lounge. It's a three-way philosophy. It's kitchen, dining, kitchen space, dining space, and lounge space. And then yeah. how we can make them viewable according to the windows of the home. All right. Nice. So uh, in the interest of folks that are starting out and getting their feet wet and kind of trying to absorb everything, uh, Patricia, are you are you trying to do that? Or are you just immersed in uh, garden That's books? very much where I'm at. I'm trying to move from the student to the practical. Um, back when I was, you know, getting my certificate 25 years ago, you know, it's like somebody would mention a book and I would be on Amazon buying the book. Um, I was actually, side note, I was a very early Amazon customer where they, when they actually used to send you thank you gifts at Christmas time. So I have and two or I don't know if I even have my, no, they were coffee mugs, traveler coffee mugs that I was received from Amazon because I was such a good customer. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, but I'm, you know, moving from my huge library now to try and re really what is practical, what is, what's relevant for where I live. Um, I mean, I love English, English country design. 
that's not so relevant in a world where we are, where deer and rabbits are our biggest plague. So it's learning to live with them and to do designs that work with them. So I'm very much looking at, you know, books like Wild and, you know, Meadows and really kind of turning my thinking from the grand to what works in our natural environment. Mm -hmm. That said, a book that I am waiting for very anxiously, it's a book that's been re-released um, and was originally written, well, it's written by Francis Cabot. It's called The Greater Perfection, which was of his estate, Le Cotervin, up in Quebec. Um, and that was a book that was done like in 2000. It's been out of print um, at the height. You know, it you could find copies for eight, nine hundred dollars, which was not in my budget. I did do an interlibrary loan and just, you know, it was the first time in my life I was almost. I almost did not return a book, but I did. Um, <laughs> but um, it has now been re-released and it's coming out in January. So at a, you know, single or double digit price, not, you know, not up where it was. So that's one that I'm very much looking forward to having on my bookshelf because of, I just love reading his words, the, the way he talks about a garden and the way um, I like somebody to talk about a garden that I've designed a hundred years later. You know, I think sometimes the uh, the reading, uh, the, I'll, I'll kind of orient my reading not so much toward uh, gardening, although, you know, that kind of thing is interesting to me, but uh, more toward uh, creativity. And uh, I'm not I'm not a big spiritual reader, but um, I've been always fascinated by mythology and how it integrates to gardens and how we uh, how we can interpret uh, our work through uh, history and uh the meaning behind plant material. Um, the uh, uh, a, a book I, I, I read recently that was I thought was just fascinating was the uh, by the music producer Rick Rubin uh, called the the creative act a way of being, and it's not about and this is a guy who has produced music with Jay Z and you know Justin Timberlake and uh, you know the Foo Fighters and all these things and he's he's done work with all these people and uh, he doesn't really mention any of them which is kind of fascinating to me. It's about how uh, they produce albums and how he's worked with Paul McCartney and how he uh, picks apart uh, Beatles songs in a certain way. And um, I thought the the way that he kind of honored the uh, the creative act in in whatever way you interpret it in your world uh, was really just fascinating to me and very very inspiring. Um, also, though, you before, like the history of plants, though. I mean, you're a big historian. I, you know, I love it. And I look at the gardens we've done for the garden show here over the years. And, you know, they, they have a, uh, a through line. And that is that they kind of speak to uh, plants and plant history through some other, you know, uh, uh, subject like Lewis and Clark or King Arthur or something like that. But the subtext and the underpinning of the garden is generally how plants are viewed uh, historically by people medicinally or or uh, mythologically, I think is especially fascinating, you know. Um, and also it gives a depth to uh, garden in my garden consulting to talk to people about how, you know, your 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 witch hazel is. Uh, did you know that in Irish lore, you have to be careful when you walk around a witch hazel because that's where the, the fairies sleep at night, you know, or or something like that, that, you know, you just don't 
you don't consider the 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 fact that Lewis and Clark smoked uh berries, you know, uh and salal. Uh and um uh, just just all of that uh rich and you know varied history that we have with uh plant material that we just we don't disregard it, we just don't know about it, you know. So yeah. Um, we're, we're joined uh, uh, just a few minutes ago by Will Anstey uh, with Devonshire Landscapes here in the Seattle region. And uh, Will, you're muted out there, but uh, uh, yeah. the, the, the first question to ask you is uh, what's on the uh, what's on the Anstey bed stand besides uh, besides a tumbler of whiskey? Uh, no, just, just a tumbler of whiskey. No, um, I've been thinking about getting an actual physical book and doing some <laughs> reading not on the tiny screen to uh, use it use it as a coaster right yeah, exactly i mean there's there's so much so many options on the tiny screen but uh what about audiobooks are you doing those like uh Duane was talking about those earlier no only only your podcasts only your podcasts over and listen to it over and over just over and over <laughs> That's why I'm on today's podcast. I didn't know I get I could get to be on your podcast just by logging into. It's a low bar, dude. It's a, it's a very low bar. <laughs> um, I was uh, actually just you know you were talking about mythology, and I've been um, emailing with a, an aunt of mine, and and she was uh, she recommended a uh, a book on meditation and quotes uh, with. Um, Roman philosophy and uh, stoicism. Oh, that's uh, Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure how that ties into gardening, but uh, it does, though. I guess I, trees I are pretty about, stoic. Yeah. You're talking about, uh, I think it's uh, the title now in the Western sphere is called Meditations. Yep. That's what it is. Yeah. It's like reading Lao Tzu in the Art of War or something like that, you know? Right. But uh, yeah, more like uh, life advice, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think back on the spiritual aspect of it, I've, I've been really fascinated by the work of Joseph Campbell. I think Joseph Campbell is somebody that everyone should read. And um, for the garden, Joseph Campbell, uh, for the garden. you know, just just about spirituality and mythology in general. Yeah. Uh, because he ties together ancient Egyptian belief and shows you how it actually informs early Christianity and how uh, how the holidays are assembled in a way where, you know, there's such a the, the, the takeaway is that there's just a shared there's a shared disregarded knowledge that we all are kind of looking at together. You know, that's why a lot of the uh, religious holidays happen at the same time. It's not it's not coincidence that that's the case. Um, we have they're all, they're, they're all competing against each other. Is that what it is? <laughs> that, well, that's well, yeah, literally, literally and figuratively. Um, when I look at our work as a design build company, um, uh, my company, my former company, um, we've had about 30 some designers come through the doors over about 20 years. And I've come to a point now where I recommend a single book. I have two new design assistants now that are starting out. They're both graduates of, uh, of uh, Wazoo and uh, UW uh, in landscape architecture. And so consequently being landscape architect graduates, they don't know that much. And so um, one of the things I, po I point them toward is a book by um, a local uh, luminary, Don Marshall. And uh, I think it's a fantastic, uh, a fantastic book. And it is, let me see if I can find the title of it. Uh, and it's, you know, it's kind of mundane and it's called Northwest Home Landscaping. And the book has 
these lavishly illustrated but very consistent model designs for almost every kind of common residential solution that you need to come up with, with a plan that's pretty nicely rendered, uh, 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 a color view, a rendering of the work, and then a list of all the plant materials. And it has a little bit of construction and there's some details at the end. But it's really quite a good book. It's called uh, Home Landscaping Northwest. Uh, and I think they've formatted it for different parts of the country. Uh, and I'm almost embarrassed to tell people that I really love the book because it feels almost like a sunset garden book version of, 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 of landscape design, but I found it very helpful mm. and um, uh, recommend it strongly. It's like a $10 book on, on, on Amazon. Uh, fascinating book. But yeah, uh, lots of books, immersed in books, love books. I, I, the best, best new thing in the last 20 years is the little free library because it's just I think it's fantastic. You see these little libraries everywhere in your neighborhood and uh, you end up reading stuff that uh, you wouldn't read except for the fact that it's there and it's free, you know? So uh, what's the second one? Uh, the second book. Yeah. So, uh, well, North, North, this Northwest book, the other one is um, gardens are for people uh, by Tommy church and Tommy church is oh. the, to me is the quintessential residential landscape designer. Um, yep. I find the guy absolutely fascinating. Um, his designs tend toward a certain uniformity of a kind of a flowing, curving line. But I think the, the way the guy lived was just an absolutely fascinating uh, lifestyle. Northern California in the 60s and 70s, um, building gardens for the, for the uh, wealthy uh, hoi polloi up there. And uh, um, and then putting it into a book form uh, is just fascinating. So cool stuff. Yeah, if you could if you could drop that in the chat when you get a second, Alan, it'd be awesome. All right, I'm trying to make some notes here of these books and uh, with with. Uh... All right, I'm next up. I'm next up. I love this book. Trees for gardens, orchards, and permaculture, and it's a thick one, and it's all trees. So great book. You know, I got something tagged in the back here, um, probably because I was showing it to a customer. Who's I'm that by, Billy? It's a tree, trees. Yeah, but it has an author, dude. Oh, who's the author? Martin Crawford. Do you know Martin Crawford? Martin Crawford. All right, very good. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, the Amelink ears are in here. Um, has anyone ever put a pawpaw tree in? I'm actually thinking of putting a pawpaw tree in, but I'm not, I mean, there's supposed to be an edible fruit on it, and apparently people that grow them, I've never done it, but people that grow them actually eat the dang things like apples. So anyone never use one? Never. Never. Okay. Uh, but fun book. You know, it's all nut trees and, uh, well, you know, orchards and permaculture. So that's my gig, the permaculture thing. So love it. Very nice. I think all the work uh, Michael Pollan is doing is really informative. Uh, you know, place of my own. Uh you know, The Botany of Desire, I thought was a fascinating book uh, that, you know, speaks to, you know, how we uh, how we interpret, you know, and get our get our bring our our food into our home. Um, it's just endless. You know, the, there's just an endless compilation of books that are just fascinating. Um, the uh, the uh, website uh, Gardenista uh, is a great resource uh, online and they are recommending. Let's see, I'm going to scroll through their stuff i'm they're recommending uh 10 books every gardener should read uh in in order uh the well-tempered garden by hey, christopher Alan, huh? why don't you go ahead and share your screen 
Yeah, you got uh, screen sharing ability. Can I do that? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's take a look at what you're looking at there. All right. Uh, here we go. Let's see if I can see. Here it is. Okay, so I'm on uh, Gardenista's uh, website. Awesome. And uh, they're showing a number of books here. Uh, the first one is a well-tempered, the well-tempered garden by Christopher Lloyd, paperback on Amazon. The Dry Garden by Beth Chateau on the Amazon, of course. Uh, this one uh, is a really good book, and I've gotten it as a gift for people. Planting a New Perspective by Pierre and yeah, but I, uh, yeah. yeah, but I hear that to maintain his gardens is is a real pain. It, yeah, it, but if you have a maintenance company like Will, it's like a cash cow. <laughs> <laughs> they're very complex, very complex. Yeah. Uh, but 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 uh, they're awesome gardens. Yeah, they're beautiful. Uh, we made a garden by Marjorie Fish. I don't know that one. And number five, down the garden path by Beverly Nichols, which is uh, probably uh, going back a good bit. Yeah, that's an old one. Uh, yeah. Home Ground Sanctuary in the City. Uh, author is not noted. Dan Pearson. A Garden from 100 Packets of Seeds by James Fenton. Not even a one-gallon plant in that one, huh? Just all no. seeds. <laughs> all seeds all the time. Uh, Peter Sackville West, Sissinghurst. Uh, the creation of a garden. A gentle plea for chaos <coughs> by the Republican Party. No, by uh, Mirabel Osler. And number 10, The Education of a Gardener, which is a pretty much a classic uh, by Russell Page. So those are, uh, those are some of the books uh, recommended by uh, Gardenista, none of which I really have. Uh, so there you have it. Things to things to look forward to getting. The uh, landscape architecture uh, puts out their own list uh, with uh, Ian McCarg's Design with Nature, uh, Aldo Leopold's Sand County Almanac, and then uh, a book that we had in uh, landscape architecture uh, curricula when I was in Florida, uh, Landscape Architecture by John Simons, which I think is just kind of an overview of landscape architecture, not really a helpful book to have on your, on your shelf unless you're using it as a coaster there, Will. Uh, the Death and Life of Great American Cities by Jane Jacobs and Emanuel of Woody Plants by Michael Durr, which is actually a pretty good uh, resource book to have if you're, you're wanting to read about uh, uh, woody plant material. Michael Durr, I mean, he's the original, right? Mm -hmm. he was, he was, he's been around, what, 40 years, 50 years? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah good stuff. Uh, the site engineering books uh, and Time Saver Standards books are really good. Uh, and, and Dwayne, you might want to get one of these. Time Saver Standards for Landscape Architecture. I have is, one. I have it's, it. a, it's an excellent book. And you can catch the uh, uh, details for almost anything out of that and, and adapt them, which is just just good stuff. That's actually one of my other secrets is I actually do have one of the, I actually have two, two different ones and, and the depth is just insane. I mean, it even shows how to design streets, the width, the curves, the sidewalks, the height of the yeah. trees. I mean, the perspectives of slopes going down hills and the right height of a human being. I mean, sometimes it's a little overload and, and I get a little, I get nerded out sometimes studying that stuff, you know? Well, man, you can go in the kitchen section on like sitting on a bar stool and reaching for something and the optimum countertop depth and uh, 
all of that. It's really uh, pretty, pretty fascinating. But, you know, the basic knowledge around just the kitchen stuff alone uh, is really, really useful to talk when I'm talking to people about kitchen, outdoor kitchen design to be able to say this is the this is the why you have to think in this term of this depth or something like that uh, is very helpful. Yeah. So. So is that a, a textbook then? Is that what that ends up being? Is that used in L.A. schools or what is it? It is. Uh, let me let me screen grab it here. Um, it's it's thick too. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a biggie, and I, I believe it's online now too. So, you know, folks can. Uh, and it's not a cheap book. I think it was like a hundred and something dollars. I think. So. One hundred and sixteen bucks here on uh, on wow. uh, Amazon. Yeah. I guess all the big shooters have that one. Holy yeah. Stuff. I'll have to say. Yeah, here it, here it is. You can see the, the person holding it. So you know. <laughs> That'll hold your whiskey bottle and your whiskey well. <laughs> oh, there you have it. Uh, good nice. stuff. So that that that's a good one. Uh, uh, and and maybe a better one to have online, like to have a, a digital version, just so you can kind of drag and drop the 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 uh, details on it. Good stuff. Okay. Over. Is it my There's turn a, yet? Do I get the digital version? Yet? There's a digital version? I think so. I've, I've seen it. I think so. Trisha, you have another book you'd like to add to our uh, talk today? Uh, no, I'm absorbing, which is what I was hoping to do by jumping on this. Was, okay. uh, so well, I've here. got quite the list to look up. Um, one thing I will say, though, is that I use my library a lot. Hmm. I, um, you know, up here we've got a, an amazing library system. So they're always, you know, I'm getting these piles. You know, I was on a Beth Chatto kick for a while. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they just, you know, they, they, the librarians know me by name. They don't even need my card. They just check my books out. Um, and, you know, they're just like, where do you find these things? All right. Nice. But they're, they're a great resource. You don't always have to buy. Yeah. You know, right. one thing that, that you reminded me of is, uh, which I have my books here, but I forgot that I still receive Fine Gardening magazine. Uh, and Fine Gardening has really, uh, in the last, three issues really been pushing the new envelope. Uh, the one issue was uh, no lawn landscaping, you know, getting rid of, getting rid of the lawn, which, you know, kind of goes against uh, what would be the fine garden out there, right? One of them was uh, all on uh, attracting pollinators, pollinator plantings and pollinator gardens. Um, so, you know, the talk is, is going that way to, you know, trying to create gardens now that are more than just eye candy, but serve other ecosystem services. You know, so uh, speaking of that, so this is one book I just got uh, recently, uh, American Roots, uh, with three authors, you know, down on the bottom. Uh, but the reason I got it is because one of the guys that I follow is uh, Benjamin Voigt, who's a member of Green Meridian. Um, and uh, they go around the country and they interview all these people, individual gardens. Most of them tend to be naturalized gardens because that's kind of my gig. Uh, but Benjamin Voigt is one of the people in here. So I saw his name and I thought, oh, I'm going to get the book. And it's actually it's actually quite interesting to read about other designers and what other designers, their philosophies and, you know, their philosophies and, you know, what they're doing. So good book. Good book. American Roots. That looks like a good one. Yeah. The uh, I think before we disconnect today, we would be remiss to not mention Silent Spring by Rachel Carson, because that to me is like the most fundamental book that uh, kind of kicked off the ecological movement. Uh, and I, you know, you just can't give it enough credit. 
I really enjoyed reading uh, The Brother Gardeners by Andrea Wolf, A Generation of Gentlemen Naturalists and the Birth of Obsession, uh, about the, the founding fathers and how they were gardeners. Um, fascinating stuff. And then the new uh, plant exploration books by uh, uh, book by Dan Hinckley, his, his uh, biography, I think is, is a really interesting book. And he, he kind of brings that early, you know, uh, Fremont and uh, David Douglas uh, uh, kind of uh, world exploration, new plant uh, discovery uh, world into the modern era, which is, uh, I think, fascinating. How long has that been out? That, that'd be good. I'd like to get that. Uh, it's been out for a couple of years. Um, I'll look it up uh, and uh, give him a shout out as well. Local, local, uh, local guy. Nice. Um, yeah, lots of good stuff. Uh, on the business leadership front, uh, Landscape Architecture recommends a couple books. Uh, Good to Great, Why Some Companies Make the Leap and Others Don't by Jim Collins. Start with Why, How Great Leaders Inspire Everyone to Take Action by Simon Sinek. Project Management for Design Professionals by William Ramroth. Ready, Set, Practice, Elements of Landscape Architecture Professional Practice by Bruce Sharkey. And Getting to Yes, Negotiating Agreement Without Giving In by Roger Fisher. Uh, all sound pretty interesting. You know, they don't really teach uh, the business aspects of landscape architecture in any of the programs that I know about. Uh, mm. And I don't, I don't know that the garden, uh, the uh, landscape design programs do much with it either, unfortunately. But the world of contracts and legal ramifications and... Uh, uh, environmental restrictions and all of that really deserve a lot more attention, uh, at least in the academic world. So, well, it sure do. That's always been one of our popular topics, Alan, when we talk about contracts, you know, on the Green Meridian podcast. Getting people to come in and, you know, share, oh, oh what do you do for this or what, what, what do you do for that? So, it's, uh, it's I'm, actually, I'm actually dealing with that right now. I have a big contract that a uh, company that I'm partnered with. And I do not know how to fill out the contract. You don't know how to uh, to piggyback onto their contract or to have your own? No. Okay. What happens is this large company, uh, Landmark Construction is named the company. And I've partnered with this company does like heated pavement. And so we're doing porcelain tiles on roof decks. And we've already landed five different projects. And our teams are going to go in and install the roof tiles. I mean, for this and the heated company is going to put their new heating system. It's a brand new system. It's out, been out for about four years. It's done by graphene, uses less, less energy. Well, the company that's going to contract us out has sent me four or five pages of this contractual information. And it's just so far in depth, I have no clue how to fill it out. You mean, so I was able to talk to one of the landscape companies here. And, you know, he gave me some brief information, but you know how it is. If it's If they're not installing it, He's, he's not going to take all the time to do it. So I'm slowly trying to figure it out so I can submit all the paperwork. It's crazy. So you, but you have a contract. You can piggyback it onto your existing contract, can't you? Uh, yeah, I have I have our contract that we yeah. sent over, and they've agreed to our pricing, but they've sent me all their legal information, insurance stock. I mean, it's pages and pages and stuff. So are you a subcontractor for them then? Is that yes. yes. Oh, so you're a subcontractor. It's a subcontractor agreement, yeah. 
So uh, I think that I think the best rule of thumb, and, and my dad was a lawyer, by the way, in Wheaton, Illinois, Dwayne, you know, really Grand close. Street. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's when I was out visiting him. That's when we went and had coffee. Um, but um, uh, the contract is always written from the, the person submitting its position. So there's nothing wrong with going through and highlighting areas that that you want to have amended or changed. Um, and then it's up to them to accept it or not accept it. Um, but, um, so if there's something that doesn't sit with your structure, um, let them know this, the, you know, this payments, a lot of times it comes down to the payment structure, you know, we're going to pay you, uh, you know, nine, 900 days later, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? No, no, this is the way we have to operate. This is the structure we put in place, you know? To, yeah. So I'm actually going to take some free time and just print everything out, read everything, figure out where I sign. You know what I mean? If it's something I don't agree with, send it to my attorney and just go from there. Just understanding it, I mean, is the big thing. But you yeah, got to. I think also the the more editing you put into it, the more it's going to slow down that whole transactional process. That's true. That's right. Get things going, but you know, it might be like the uh, contract that uh, Van Halen had regarding the brown M and M's. You know that story. So they would go to a show and uh, and everybody thought, well, they, they must be really spoiled to have these brown m and m this brown m and m rule. They can't have brown m and m's. What the heck, you know? But they would go to a show and as they're setting up on the food table, they'd look for brown m and m's. And if there were brown m and m's, they'd get all pissed off. And and uh, the reason was they hid the brown m and m clause in the electrical section of their contract because some roadie had gotten badly electrocuted by the freaking amps that. Eddie was using. And so they wanted to make sure that they were properly shielded, I guess. And so they put this clause in the contract and they put the brown M&M uh, clause in there with it. And they knew if they saw brown M&Ms, they hadn't shielded the, the electrical cables. Mm. So, you know, you need to, you know, so my point is they may not actually be reading it as a sub. I would give myself total power over the contract if I could to say that, you know, th th this overrides and, uh, and here are the limits, because you're dealing with porcelain pavers, you know, they're brittle, they're very expensive, uh, and, uh, and they scratch, they can't touch each other, or they scratch each other, you know, they can just be a major pain, and so you want to make sure. Chip. That, Those corners chip real easy. Oh my gosh, it's awful. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you want to be, uh, you want to be uh, uh, held harmless uh, as much as possible by the acts of others that might scratch those, you know, carefully laid pavers, you know, if that's the case. So. Yeah. Like we even had a spot in there for just transportation. Like these, um, these roof decks are the 32nd floor of the building. You know, so who's getting that up there? Yeah. Right. Yeah. All that's got to be known or it's an extra, you know, or it's not, you know, and then the the uh, and this is a this is a whole nother we've we've covered it in another podcast episode but the whole thing around contracts a, a key clause is dispute resolution, and how you're defining dispute resolution and what can happen and you can actually define it by signing with me you agree to only settle disputes this way, uh, which usually is a, an arbitration clause that you need, um, so that you're not able to, so they're not actually able to take you to superior superior court whether you're right or wrong you know what it's like now. Uh, they're saying all these people that are flipping on the orange bloviator right now are are doing it in part because they don't want to face the legal fees, even if they think they can win. And, uh, you know, you're brought to court. You could you could lose just in legal fees alone, even if you you win the case. So um, you want to limit that if you can. So. Yeah, yeah that could be a good book. Uh, Landscape contracts that I have known, you know, written by somebody. Hmm. Don't know. They don't teach it.
Well, before I run out of time, of course, Alan, you know that I have to show you my uh, biological books, right? Because who, what would it be a, a, a books on my shelf if I didn't share some of my uh, biology books? So I think the best set of books, if you want to know about soil biology, is by uh, Jeff Lowenfels. He's got this one on microbes. He's got this one on nutrients. And he's got this one on fungi. Um, and they all very complex, uh, but they go into detail. They're actually, well, I'm kind of into this, so it's easy for me to read, <laughs> but, but they are actually very uh, user um, under, uh, readable. And it really helps you to understand uh, what actually happens in the soils. So couldn't have a book on my shelf without pulling out all the books, you know, that deal with uh, soil biology. So. Yep, hard to, hard to avoid it when you're around. <laughs> that's my gig good stuff are is there a, is there a cad book out there uh Dwayne, that you use that you use to to develop your rendering style is there is there a reference for that that's been helpful no i just um i just i'll go to google and search um uh, construction details or documents and i'll just save them in a folder and i'll study like like um i didn't know what any i really didn't know what those markings meant i started looking and then you know like the detail marking when you you have like the main page and you have a little detail circle and it references another page that was like an aha moment for me i was like holy shit you know what i mean like <laughs> i was able to start creating that the good thing that i found out with is the teams that i work with they've been working with me for so long i actually don't have to draw as many details as i used to now so that is actually helping and and we're actually looking in a process to find somebody else to draw these details too. So I don't, I don't have to. Mm -hmm. You must get hammered with uh, folks that are offering online detailing services and estimating that kind of thing. I'm that's every day. Like yeah. I, I probably deleted maybe one or two. Oh, just God. Somebody, right somebody needs an app to just block those people. Cause they are coming out of the way. I'm, I'm afraid to even say the word right now. Think of it. My phone's going to hear that and yeah. say, Oh, I need estimating services. Oh my God. I, I, I was looking into getting a business credit line and a loan from our bank and whatever I pushed, it is just all day long, all day long. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Oh, yeah. it's just, it's every day, all day, all day long. Yeah. 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 I don't know what I pushed, but it's, I mean, it's yeah. back. Yeah. In fact, the only time my phone rings is it's a credit capital bank trying to loan you money and dude, and it is, it is like check cashing for a business. So you guys want to hear my uh, brilliant idea for a million dollar uh, web business? Only a million? Well, it's it's a million for me. I'm se I'll sell it. I'm sell a billion. For a million, and I'm going to give it to you free. <laughs> An app that you download. You could pay a subscription. I'd pay 10 bucks a month. And you can enter into various people's names. And it blocks you from seeing their name anywhere ever on your screen. <laughs> So you, <laughs> I could plug in Taylor Swift right now and I would be like, I'll pay $20 for that. Right. Uh, Kardashian plug that sucker in. Yeah. Right? Nice. <laughs> you know, you never see it. You never see anything by, by them or about them. Right. Nice. I, I don't know if I like that. That's neat, but I don't know if I ever want to take it that far. Yeah. Like here's my philosophy, and this is this is this goes on Bill's philosophy of life. You and I might not have have done well in life. I mean, we might have ran in each other, we mm -hmm. might have had a, a a thing, and maybe it didn't go right, and we've had to separate. 
Okay, but we're still human beings on this earth. If you called me up five years from now or two years from now and you said, hey, Dwayne, I am in harm's way with the world. I will stop what I'm doing to make sure you're out of harm's way with the world. Now, once you're out of harm's way with the world, you can go right back to HAL and go live your life how you want. But I just have this thing. I don't know if I can leave somebody in harm's way with the world. You mean like even my wife, I've been with her for 20 something years. If God forbid, if something goes wrong, I don't know if I could just leave her out on the street to say, hey, you go live yours and I go live mine. And, and maybe I have not been that mad at her yet. You know what I mean? But we've had enough fights that for 20 some years. I just think of that philosophy. So if I cut somebody off like that, to me, that's nuclear. Like that so, is. So yeah. you're saying when uh, when Taylor called me the other day, I should have picked up the phone. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's just nuclear to me. Yeah. I don't want those Kardashians calling me anymore. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one i got that one yeah you have this one this is a great one yeah. isn't it yeah garden color color pretty catchy cool. too the way it works the cool thing is that uh they have it all broken up by color scheme so they got three sections and they're all by color oh if i can show it here what's the they're name of it they're all by color, so blues, whites, oranges, and it's, what's it called, Bill? What's the book title? Uh, it's um, oh, see nope. where is the name? It's a, a, a garden color book. I the see garden it, yeah. color book. All right. And the uh, what you do is you you can select out uh, the the upper ones are tall plants, bigger plants, and, and the bottom ones uh, in the middle is medium plants, and the bottom ones smaller plants, and you can actually do your uh, do your color matching right here, so. Pretty you helpful, but also a lot of the plants actually also tell you uh, uh, pairings that you can do, other mm -hmm. pairings. And and I actually have a little cheat sheet here. I actually started marking some of the, you know, my favorites, you know, over on the side uh, for different plants uh, that work. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a flip book. Bill, it actually book. goes to a question that I, I was going to have is, how often are you guys referencing these particular books that you guys are talking about? Is this like, as you're drawing it, say you're drawing a design today or you're putting something together, are you stopping open those book and sort of getting a quick readout? No. Um, you know, it depends, really. It depends on where I'm at in the design process. And uh, a lot of times, because I've already referenced these books in the past, I have a new designer that just started with me. Awesome person. I'll be giving her these books as reference books. Okay. Um, but I already have kind of my, my um, you know, uh, in my mind, plants. I kind of know what my plants are. On the other hand, the one I pointed out earlier, the, the one on trees, you know, that's kind of for me because I don't know all the plants in this book yet. So, you know, this is, you know, I'm much more into uh, trying to find plants that have, you know, eco-service uh, um, rendering, renderings to them. Uh, so I'm into, you know, into those. So how often do I pull them out? Not very often. When is the last time you pull out this book, Alan? You know, probably it's been years. Uh, probably just to put it on the conference table when a client was coming in and make it look like we were <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one of my landscape architect friends who actually is retiring gave me this. And these are like all the popular plants in, here in the Chicago market. What's that one? Uh, it's just, uh, she just she just made it. There's no name for wow. this. Yeah, Nancy Hennick was her name. And she just, she gave it to me. It, it actually sits on my desk right here. Because so, yeah. here's another thing too is I don't know plants. 
Well, you know, that, that, that's the thing is you, you, your brain goes into lockup because there's so much. And, you know, you, you, a common mistake for, you know, someone starting out is to kind of just pull the plants out of, a, you know, Sunset Book or something like that and not really know availability or the look of uh, plant material uh, regionally. You know, it's a it's a it's an acquired uh, skill, I think, to be able to come up with uh, not n- not to mention a diversity of plant material that that. Uh, is habitat building and um, uh, leans toward uh, native material. Hard to know, hard to know. There are a lot of uh, uh, catalog and uh, literature materials available uh, regionally uh, at no charge. That you really, if you can hunt around, you can find and get sent to you. And so I think it's uh, it's advisable if you're building a library to do at least that. If for no other reason than to we, what we do is we give that to clients as a as a giveaway at the consultation. So uh, I would think uh, plant reference books are probably the main thing to look for. But I would imagine you might be looking at time saver standards with your work uh, quite a bit, uh, Dwayne. Once you you know you're into it. Yeah, because I'm looking at the environment and I'm creating a space for the environment. And actually, how I do plants is. Um, I actually send the plants to the nursery and they sort of photos and everything. And the sort of the deal is if we buy from them, they'll tell us what to put in there. So that's sort of how we're doing it. Probably not the best way, but we create great environments. Like to be honest with you, our planting probably needs to be a lot better. But it's not the main reason people are, are hiring with you. No. Yeah. 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 They're, they're yeah. on the environment, but the planting mm-hmm. could be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there might be a resource like this uh, Home Landscaping Northwest uh, book that Don Marshall put out for your region that you might find really helpful, uh, at least mm-hmm. to kind of jumpstart and get the thing sparked and going. Uh, that might be might, might be really, really helpful. Uh, a lot, lot of books. And I think, you know, everything is kind of um, uh, also uh, uh, considered in this atmosphere where people aren't reading very much, you know, and... Uh, and, uh, you know, I hate to say it at my age, I'll say something like kids today, kids today aren't, you know, they're not reading uh, books. And I think uh, I find it in myself, you know, it's, it's so much easier to read the, your phone. And uh, it feels like something is lost there, you know, but in my career, I would have thought I would have a much more robust and comprehensive library of uh, landscape architectural books than I do. And uh, but that's just uh, that's just me. It never it never was the center of my focus. But, Guys, uh, I got to take off here really fast. Yeah, good to see you, Dwayne. All right, nice seeing you. But I think we're wrapping up anyway, aren't we, Billy? Yeah, I think so. It's, uh, I was curious when uh, when do you when do people find the time in everyone's busy day to read a book? Morning, evenings, after dinner? For me, it's at night. You know, more than anything, and then maybe on weekends if I'm feeling really lazy. You know, to do that. So. Uh, and then I'm, I'm trying to be conscious of not binge watching stuff in bed and, you know, reading more. I don't know, honestly, if it's better or worse, frankly, I think that might be anecdotal, but, but um, it feels like something's nope. lost. You know, I've said it before that I thought, you know, 15 years ago, I thought to myself, oh, books will never die. You know, um, that, that uh, the digital world, it's like I felt about uh, vinyl, you know, I thought, well, albums will never die because, you know, you can't read the liner notes, you know. Uh, but now I'm wondering if books actually will fade and over a period of maybe another 30, 40 years, you'll, they'll, they'll really be a rarity. Um, you know? Well, maybe, maybe not. I think the, the thing that books uh, do, do supply is that people can uh, uh, look at them at their, on their time schedule. 
So one of the difficulties in like this podcast and this you know meeting is uh, people have to get here at eleven o'clock and stay till you know twelve o'clock. Uh, where a book you can pick, as you said, you can pick it up when you're lazy on a weekend, or you can read before you go to bed. Um, so there may be always a place, you know, for that, unless they put the AI chip in our head. And... Well, it seems like there could be, but I mean, kids and school are, are not being issued books now. That's it, true. It's all online. Yeah, and it's more, it's too expensive for the school system. Everything's online. So if you don't build that muscle ha habit uh, as a child, then you're not going to have it as an adult, yeah. you know? So I've so, had a, I personally, I've had a subscription to Audible for, you know, 12 years. And mm -hmm. yeah, 15 bucks a month for 12 years. But I look at it and I say, well, how many books have I actually listened to, you know, while having the subscription Audible? And so, you know, you need to get on Spotify, Billy, because if you do that, you can listen to the new Stones album, Hackney Diamonds. And, you know, I don't think you get this good music on Audible, dude. <laughs> so I can't go to Spotify. So can't do it. You're uh, like Neil Young. You won't do it. Uh, I, was on it. I was on it already and, and I'm over it. At, um, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm on Amazon or something. Who knows? Oh, I see. You just trade one multinational conglomerate for That's another. That's right. For another one. That's <laughs> right. call it protest, right? But, but I think, but I think the listening thing. So you know, when I'm uh, exercising or working out, or you know, you know, sometimes listen to a book or, or driving. If I have a long drive to go somewhere, I almost always pull out a book to listen to. Um, you know, the library system. Thank God it's still there. I know nobody goes to the library anymore, but you can go online and you can order books. And you can order audio books uh, and it's free. Fascinating. Well, I just went online and ordered uh, Start With Why, How Great Leaders Inspire Everyone to Take Action. That's so. a good one. Yeah, it's probably up here on my shelf, actually. I could probably pull it down. Hopefully I didn't pay for it already. Well, I've, I've made a few used. notes here. I don't, think I'm, I don't think I've got everything, but I've got a few notes and I'll post them up on the... Uh, GM page here okay. um, as a compilation of all the books we kind of briefly talked about. So we'll take us out of this, Alan, and I'll uh, stop recording. I appreciate uh, everybody joining us and hopefully get everything posted here in uh, short order and you'll see it. Uh, you'll listen to it online on your, from your favorite uh, podcast channel and uh, appreciate Patricia and Will joining us today. And Billy, I will see you on the flip side. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks guys.